Capcom's fighting game department has been notoriously bad at launching games in recent years, as Street Fighter Cross Tekken, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, and Street Fighter V all suffered through some pretty horrendous early chapters. Why though did Cross Tekken and Infinite wind up failing entirely while Street Fighter V was ultimately able to keep its head above water? We investigate the particulars to find possible answers to this question on this week's episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. Alright, welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. I am John Catalyst Gray, and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. Hello, hello. Been going through a lot of nostalgic stuff recently because of the topics we're, we're discussing today, or a big part of what we're discussing today. Going back a couple of years ago, which honestly, it all seems like yesterday. I know that gets said all the time, but this was actually like three, four, five, six, seven, eight years ago, which is crazy to me. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm uh, I'm in a special place because of all that. Okay, yeah, I mean, I, I think our listeners are not going to be in a special place considering the headline that we slapped on this sucker. <laughs> Street Fighter V survived where Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite and Street Fighter Cross Tekken died. And we're going to discuss the reasons why here. This is a, this is a very loaded thing, and I get yeah. that right from the get-go. And since we've just pissed off half the internet, I th feel like we need to get into this right away. And we're not saying that Street Fighter V is clearly a better game than Street Fighter Cross Tekken or Marvel Infinite. That comes down heavily to your opinion. We're only saying that it has succeeded where those other games clearly were not able to hold on in the fighting game community. And they've yes. generally, yeah, they've generally died off in the competitive scene. And, and we just want to get into the reasons why. And one of the biggest things here is that I think Capcom actually learned from some of their mistakes with Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Not having anything like the gym system or on-disc DLC. Because right before Street Fighter Cross Tekken was released, literally a day or two before, that, that blew my mind looking at this again. It's like the worst case scenario is they discovered that they had on-disc DLC. And the, the collective internet here back in you know, 2012 when this game came out just lost their minds. It was stro story after story, and it's like, well, do you want to buy this game or not? You know, and I, I mean, we, we are doing literally one of the worst business practices you've ever seen. Do you want to buy our game? You know, and still some people did, but a lot of people just were completely fed up about it. Actually, uh, Justin Adapted Trigger, he actually, uh, one of our staff members, he was planning on buying Street Fighter Cross Tekken right before it came out. He literally said he stopped his, like, uh, purchase of the game. I don't know if he had a pre-order or something like that. He just, like, was not going to buy the game after that. Like, straight up evidence of, of someone canceling their order right there well he probably had just ordered through the wrong system or the wrong store to get the right kind of gems that he wanted and uh, when he realized that he had to get rid of that pre-order and go to a different pre-order because he's more of a defensive player no i mean that was another big part of it too if we're going to talk about some of the goof the 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 evolutionary, you know, of the time sort of goof ups that Capcom did, it was the biggest one had to have been that they had on disc DLC that they're like, we're going to charge you extra for stuff we've already made and it is already there and ready and part of the game. And of course, that didn't sit well with people. They want you to, even though you could technically kind of do that already now, and it's just kind of an understood practice, doing it like that is off putting, understandable. The other big thing was it was sort of a pay to win if you played with gems which were supposed to be this huge and long-standing mechanic thing so yeah it was a it was definitely a sticky situation for capcom 
Yeah, and the gym system was such a pain in the butt, tournaments wouldn't allow players to even use them. And and for the people who did use them, again, you, you just mentioned it, you felt like it was a pay-to-win system. I honestly would not go that far in saying that it was pay-to-win. I looked fairly closely at the gym loadouts, um, but it does illustrate how some players felt about them back in the day. That that you could get, like, you could get maybe a 5% advantage or something with some of the gyms, but, I mean, you could really offset that with the free ones as well. Or, you know, it, it wasn't too bad, but the perception of it was really bad. And, and that's kind of what I remember with it is I don't remember, I mean, obviously we didn't see too much in the way of tournaments, but I played online a good bit. A lot of people did. I don't remember any of the gym loadouts just being like OP where it's like everyone needs gym 27, you know, kind of thing. And if you don't have that, you can't compete. That that mm. never happened. Uh, so it was more, but I, I mean, again, perception is reality for a lot of people. And a lot of people felt like this was a garbage setup from Capcom and that gym should have never existed. And we had a bunch of people talking about how to save time while, you know, loading the gym setups. It was just, it was a massive headache from day one. From day one, it was people hated it and did not want to deal with it. And that is a horrible look for a brand new fighting game. I remember I just wanted to turn off gems. I would, it was almost to the point where I would say, you know what, if, if we're playing with gems, I don't care. Your other, you, the other team can use it fine, but I don't want to have to consider all of the different weight. Like, how am I going to play my character? Do I want to make them more offensive, defensive, combo oriented, whatever paired with another character? Uh, it gets incredibly detailed and like, you can just slap on a few and just oh, whatever. Okay, fine. But if you really wanted to be competitive and if you really wanted to play the game at its top efficiency it would require that you technically have to dig in and, and and understand this avenue on a super intricate level and for a player like me that was one of the things i just didn't want to have to deal with i wanted to get more in there and go and and be able to potentially explore that, those parts of the games without having to do a whole bunch of homework first Mm -hmm. And you couple this with a, a somewhat rough launch in terms of online play. They had a big time audio issue where you would be playing mid-match and the audio would just skip out and, and stop working entirely because of the rollback code in the game. And then uh, the game also favored a handful of fighters right out of the gate like Ryu, Chun-Li, and Jin. And uh, then time over started to dominate the game where you would get, you know, the opponents like half their life bar drained down and then you just run away the entire time. Um, not to mention like Pandora, like one of our staff members infamously called it a forfeit mechanic where if you're like, <laughs> if you want to lose, just activate Pandora. You're going to be good to go. And it was amazing how many things things just did not work in this game it's like having ultras or v triggers just not function at all like just be not worthless but it was to the point with pandora that when it was successful especially in tournament we would post a story about it that's how <laughs> very little it would actually work out in people's favor and for the most part it just was a forfeit option you would forfeit 10 seconds later pretty much whenever you activated it it was horrible just completely horrible and and yeah it's i actually go back to this and i know this is immediately going to to you know, ruffle some feathers out there, but Street Fighter Five or Street Fighter Cross Tekken had one of the most difficult launches in Capcom fighting game history. I would even say it was worse than Street Fighter Fives. That's how bad it was. And immediately, I, I, I'm gonna go to the recency bias stuff because I know people are just losing their minds over that statement. Like, you you can't say something had a worse launch in Street Fighter Five. It seems unfathomable. Well, um, I could say that that Infinite had a worse launch than Street Fighter Five. Well, yeah, well, we're gonna get into that one, um, but 
again, I'll, I'll point back to like if you get punched in the face, it hurts a lot more a day later than it hurts a year later. You know, like you might have the memory of that and stuff like that, but the the recency of it, I I think people just they they have this just like crazy hate for Street Fighter Five because it's still prevalent in their lives. It's still very much a factor, but. You look back to 2012 and just going through this history and it's like, man, I think Street Fighter Cross Tekken actually had a worse launch of Street Fighter V. That seems just completely ridiculous. But but John, you were, you were alluding to that. Do you think that's a fair read specifically for Cross Tekken? I'm trying to figure that out, man, because, well, this might just be a me thing. And it, well, it's certainly not just a me thing, but I wonder how significant it is to how much of the population. Street Fighter V, I think, was more important than Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Not to take away from the gravity and the importance of Cross Tekken, but Street Fighter V is a numbered Street Fighter entry, and it came at a different time, and uh, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because um, I, won't even, I won't even go into there yet because we'll get to that eventually, but uh, I, I don't know. I did not feel the failure of Cross Tekken. It was something that, it was like, it'd be nice if this game works out, but it, if it doesn't, I'm not, it's, it's not a big deal to me. It's not my main game. It's not my main franchise even. It's just kind of a bonus on top that if it works out, great. Um, that said, I'm trying to gauge what it was like, what the community reaction was like overall. I mean, you can say that they're in, you know, they're in competition with each other for as to who was, who did it worse. Um, and they're very different. And I mean, and I guess we're starting to get into the whole point of this podcast is to compare and contrast and ultimately answer why when Street Fighter V went through similar missteps and, 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 and such that their head or its head never fully went underwater where these other two mm. games did. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know that it's, it's worse or better, but I think uh, a lot of it happens or a lot of it revolves around the, um, the stipula or the, the situation at the time and the way people were set up to process it, I think is, is more where I find an answer. Uh, I mean, I, if you're, if you're asking me my gut reaction, Street Fighter V had a way worse it was a way worse experience, a way worse launch, um, but it mattered more to me, yeah. you know? And maybe yeah. that's exactly what it translates to for everybody else. Well, it was worse because it mattered more, but yeah. that's just me. Yeah, no, and I mean, that's fair. You, you also mentioned it being a numbered entry in a long-running, iconic fat franchise being a, a very big deal. But this is also two of the biggest fighting game franchises of all time in Tekken and Street Fighter finally clashing together. Right, mm -hmm. uh, Cross Tekken was only predicted though to sell two million copies initially, while while the lifetime sales of Street Fighter Four are just about over nine million. They're just a little over it, I should say. Uh, this game wasn't expected to be as successful as Street Fighter Four was, considering when it was released and how it was marketed. But at the same time, Capcom was very disappointed with how it performed, which they actually relayed to their investors, which is a big deal. If you tell your investors the people putting money into your company, hey, this did not work out like we thought it would. That's a that's a bad statement to make. You know, it's, yeah. it's things aren't going well, and that directly led into Street Fighter Five being a console exclusive. Because hey, we're we're pissing away all of our money here by making really bad choices. We need someone to bail us out. Sony did it. That's why we even got Street Fighter Five. Long story there. My my goodness, but sure. Um, well, and and we've also heard though that um, well, this comes from that Mac Muscles video, which I know that you're not 100% on board with, mostly on board with. Mostly. Um, but he said he he spoke with a uh, an anonymous Capcom employee and that they had said that Capcom was really banking on that there would be an average of I think it was $12 per player spent on gem DLC 
and yeah. future gems. Like that was going to be something that was a huge part of the uh, of the financial money generating process that was cross tech and and I think that at this point we're just starting to make this transition into uh, things being more about DLC than they ever had been before for fighting games in some new ways and it was Capcom testing these waters so maybe that two million dollar or two million unit um, um, goal was also very much paired with and we also think we're gonna get a bunch of extra money from gem sales that as we just discussed really didn't come to fruition that way yeah, and that makes total sense based on what we heard about this game from statements from Ono and others, that DLC was a huge part of this game. And it was very clear that it was marketed very heavily around that, right? It's the whole thing mm-hmm. they did. Uh, you know, just like you were mentioning too, you know, before, like you got to go to Best Buy if you want this certain, you know, gem loadout or and this other one. And eventually all of them would get unlocked or you could buy them all or do whatever. But if you pre-ordered here, you'd get this, you know. Yes. And I mean, those are deals where you're going to Best Buy, you're going to, you know, um, GameStop and all these other places and, and you're negotiating those deals with them to get this stuff in there it's that was not a small part like our our random throw-in that capcom did that those take active and legitimate negotiations with very big corporations to get done right and Uh, there were many it was like it was best buy it was gamestop but it was like well in the in that video they talked about like every brick and mortar store and then also if you went virtually over uh whatever playstation's like no longer existent uh, uh you know equivalent was at the time their their digital virtual version of it you could even get a special loadout from going through whatever that was you mm-hmm. know so there was when you say that it's like yeah they not only had these specific meetings they had a lot of them with a lot yeah. of different people so yep. it was a big deal to them yeah i street fighter cross tekken seemed to be including things to outright piss off the player base like i i literally capcom so underestimated what some of this, these things would be. I mean, we the Matt McMuscles video, again, there was some really good stuff in there. They, they talked about having a meeting where, you know, they're like, look, we could pull out the on-disc DLC, but do you want to go tell the CEO that we can't ship the game on time then? You know, and doing other stuff like that. And they're like, and the infamous quote was, no one hacks games. That's illegal to do. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Why would course, they do this? It's illegal. <laughs> and I don't have, you know, any kind of evidence for or against that quote being said or not, but I will say uh, that matches up very closely with a number of things I have heard from Capcom sources through the years that that is some of the mentality approaches that they they have with this stuff Um, (laughs) it doesn't take a lot of convincing for those of us involved with this stuff right now to say that Capcom was out of touch with something (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's and I will specifically since we are alluding to this, Matt McMuscles does very good work overall. His videos are definitely worth worth watching. I enjoyed them. Uh, I just know some things from behind the scenes stuff with talking with people that are inaccurate. It's not a lot for the most part. His his work is really good. There are just a few things that are like, uh, he doesn't know about this, you know, kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, but again, overall, very much worth watching and checking out. I highly recommend him because he does know stuff I don't, you know, kind of thing. So it's it's that's and that's how media reporting typically works you kind of put together the pieces from multiple sources and you get a clearer picture of what went on uh but of course you know the game of telephone right like there's uh what jim said there's what bill said and then there's what really happened Mm -hmm. uh so many factors in here but 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 going back to this here street fighter cross tekken wasn't a total mess fighting game community veterans actually really liked it for its focus on footsies and fundamental play uh but spectators really disliked this game and the general community felt again that capcom was pulling that fast one and getting too greedy with their dlc approaches so it it was a really weird existence for street fighter cross tekken because you had all these veterans in the community who loved it and then the game kind of died off 
Um, but you still had this passionate fan base who wanted to see the game supported and all that kind of stuff. And Capcom even did a major revision to the game's balance. Mm-hmm. The same year it was released, like I think it was December 2012, they put it out there. They added it to the Pro Tour in 2013. They dropped it a year after that, but they did have it up there. Um, and they started to focus on Ultra Street Fighter Four again, and then, um, and then of course, you know, they actually had uh, Ultimate Marvel Three in the Pro Tour in 2013, um, but they also removed that in 2014 as well. So it was kind of like uh, it was kind of a very interesting time for fighting games because. Capcom did so much so closely to one another. Um, Street Fighter Cross Tekken came out like I think four months after Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 did, mm-hmm. which is a very short turnaround there for a window. And I mean, we're still talking about Ultimate, or I should say Ultra Street Fighter 4. Uh, too many U's here now in the fighting game community. Ultimate Ultras, all this kind of stuff. Um, well, Ultra wasn't even out yet, right? Because they used some of the, the Cross Tekken assets to go but over But it came out like a, a year later, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like there was just such a flood of fighting games content all happening at once and and I directly attribute this to Ono. Um, uh, This is one of the the very poor decisions I think he made while he was in charge of fighting games where he's like I'm going to flood the market with fighting games and we saw this happen back in the 1990s and it was a terrible time for fighting games. People look at that as a golden era and it's like it was for a handful of years. You had Street Fighter 2, you had Mortal Kombat, you had KI and then you started to see the market flooded with everyone's doing a fighting game Mm -hmm. and so many of them were poor quality um, you know for the, the virtual fighters and Tekkens and other stuff out there you had like you know the power moves and freaking other just random garbage out there that was getting put out that just was not worth people's time time killers for, uh, for example was just awful mm-hmm. um, and, and anyway so instead of Ono studying that history and learning from it he seemed to want to replicate that era and be like let's flood the fighting game market we're not even talking about like Street Fighter 3 online edition and all the other kind of stuff there's like a bunch of re-releases they did JoJo's Bizarre Adventure like there's so much and it's like uh, and, and thankfully we seem to have learned from it in this era and now people are spacing out their fighting game releases by about a year or two or more uh, and they're able to support it more long term with DLC and stuff and that mm-hmm. seems to work very well for our community yeah, I, I've been trying to come up with a, um, a like a single thread that seems to answer our overall question. Um, and I'm not sure, or at least when I started all of this and, and started kind of researching and digging back into all this stuff, I wasn't sure from what angle that was going to come from. And I think I have uh, come across it. And, and um, I don't know if we're kind of there yet, no, no, but let's I do want to say, I won't, infinite, I won't say yeah. what that is. Yeah. Um, but I do want to tell uh, my personal story of, of my perception and, and processing and departure really quickly from Cross Tekken or with and to and from Cross Tekken. And that was I was living in SoCal. I was attending Wednesday Night Fights every Wednesday. This new game came out and the community there was willing to give it 100% an opportunity. We had a Tekken community. We had a Street Fighter community very, very hotly playing Street Fighter 4. This was, it looked exactly like that, but it also had Tekken characters. People were um, they, they had issues with the gameplay, but they also had, you know, especially after the update, a lot of the issues that people had with gameplay were fixed. For me, the big thing that turned me off, the moment I decided to ultimately stop playing Street Fighter Cross Tekken was when it was announced that it was going to be a 2v2 event at EVO. 
Because now, <laughs> instead of just being able to put the whole thing on my own back, trust myself, if I wanted to be serious about this, and again, this is more from the competitor's point of view, I had to have a regular training partner. We had to be uh, constantly working with each other, figuring out what our team was going to be, figuring out what our strategies were going to be. And like that's a very doable and real thing, but it's going to take a lot more time. It's going to take a lot more focus. And this wasn't my main game. So it's like I would, I would team up with Blockbuster John uh, because we would put together a team because we both showed up at Wednesday and didn't have a, a team member, right? And so we'd play and we'd do fine or whatever. But then, like when you're when you're you know a, a teammate screws up royally and costs you the whole thing, there can be mm-hmm. you know it's just it's it's a really hard thing to make work when you're talking about competition. You know, ask the MOBA players and the MOBA teams. There's plenty of drama oh over there, right? So, yeah. anyways. Uh, and, and, and people still did do it. They, we, we started running Wednesday night fights as a 2v2 sort of a thing. And that Evo still happened and there was still some really great action. And, uh, but there are a lot of people that didn't show up. Now, it was the that, that happens every time a new game comes out. People will sign up because they have that initial hype wave. And then when it actually comes time for Evo months later, however, however long it, you know, the window is there, they don't actually come under their pools. Um, but I, I, I would, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I would venture to guess that that was a big reason uh, why people didn't show up for Cross Tekken is because it's really hard to organize a two v two and and have actually bring that to fruition. And then also, um, I, I would, I would expect that the numbers, if it was like percentage wise, would be even lower than that of of the average new release that pops up at Evo and has a lot of buys in in you know first rounds and such. So for me, that was the big thing. I have not heard anybody else ever really complain about it being put into the 2v2 category, uh, but it was a thing for me, and I th- and imagine it was a thing for others, and we have plenty of other reasons to slow people down from playing it. But um, well, the big thing was, once I heard that, I just went, well, I still have Street Fighter Four, and then that was that. Yeah, I think a lot of people did that, and I, I think in hindsight, the time over overs in, in Street Fighter Cross Tekken, they were just horrible. Like yeah, they were, they were dominating things. And I wonder if the Evo staff basically kind of saw that and said, "We don't want to have a bunch of time overs happen. Let's let's make a team based thing that add some extra hype and some other stuff oh, around." Gets rid videos. of half the competitors. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it just it, it was. I think that there was a major concerns, and those major concerns, you know, were, were at the forefront of the game. Like it was just, it was awful having a game take, you know twice as long or, or however much longer Street Fighter Cross Tekken took like there were major issues with this title mm-hmm. uh, that you know that, that people they still love it for the core parts of the gameplay which were good but some of ugh, just yep. yeah it, it, yeah so anyway so moving along here I want to fast forward a bit to 2016 uh, even though 2017 was a release of Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite the reason we start back then is the game was announced at the PlayStation Experience. I remember that morning. I remember it very much. Yep, and that's where the, the 2016 Capcom Cup was held. And the announcement was hype as hell because Marvel 3 had pretty much fallen off as a mainstream game by this point. And people were extremely worried that Capcom couldn't reacquire the Marvel license because Marvel was purchased by Disney, who's a huge business. And and these Marvel characters have become like just gigantic IPs. You had the Iron Man movie, you had all the Avengers movie, you had all this other kind of stuff coming out and blowing up. It was like took- the biggest single IP uh, in the world at the time. I mean, maybe, maybe you could argue that there are some other ways to cut that 
expect you know cake so that something star wars is always bigger you know disney or something like that although it's part of disney i don't know but the marvel cinematic universe was in full effect we were getting ready for end game well for for infinity war and then end game like we were building up towards that climax of it it was you got to use this this ip like it was should have been in the bag yeah <laughs> And, and so people, again, were worried about the game being updated because of, of Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Uh, the, the Capcom basically said that they, they wanted to update the game more and do more balance updates and other things, but Marvel had essentially pulled the plug on them, which we're going to get into here in a second, um, and, and kind of not allowed them to update the game anymore or do much else with it because of licensing and other stuff. So people thought the Marvel vs. Capcom franchise might be dead for good for mm -hmm. the, the reasons we just outlined. And so this announcement caught a lot of people off guard, even though it leaked in advance, the, the community, a lot of the masses still didn't think it would happen. This leaked and it was still hype for people because they didn't believe it. Even the people who leaked it are like, I can't believe this is a thing. I can't believe Capcom pulled this off. And I mention this because of how hype and great that initial announcement was received. It was insane. And then what was more insane is how little marketing happened after that initial announcement. And we're going to get into there in a second. But John, I, you were there. How do you remember the community reacting to this? How, how did you feel that they... they what did you see? Well, when this was first shown, it was during the like early bird session of the PlayStation experience. So the majority of us were actually standing out in front. And this was at like the big, right next to Disneyland convention center area where you got a bunch of hotels and then your big main convention center with this giant courtyard area and this massive screen out in front. So I was standing there with Born Free and a million other people. We were just waiting to get into the PlayStation experience, but they were also showing. So like some VIP people were already in there and we got to see on this screen screen outside what they were seeing inside and that's when they revealed um i think that's when they showed akuma for street fighter 5 and they also showed uh um like they, they fully revealed them and then they also showed marvel versus capcom infinite and i remember specifically seeing mega man or i guess it's x mm -hmm. and ryu and and uh, you know morgan and such in that in that intro and uh, we were all out there outside and the whole place just kind of like erupted, you know, it felt and we didn't even have those, you know, the, the walls of like when you're when you're in a big um, um, like a Coliseum like place, you know, you have the reverberation off the walls. We didn't really have that. And you could still feel the crowd like people yeah. were excited. And then we got inside and that, you know, that trailer was, I think, playing all day throughout the day on in some of the screens and such. And we saw it again or maybe it was an extended trailer uh, during the finals of Capcom Cup. And people were just super excited. They were just like, it's weird that we didn't see Wolverine, but that's cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the first official reveal happened in December 2016, as we just mentioned, and then we went clear till April, four months later, with our announcement posts for these new characters and other things literally saying the first line, the drought is over. Capcom had announced eight more characters for the game. Four mm. months went by before we saw it, it this is it, it's not just like that isn't just like bad that's unbelievable it's not in touch it's not in touch with how things work now and that is you don't show your game 20 minutes before it's released and then hey now it's on the shelves and you can buy it you show it like a year or in this case a little less than that before it's available and then you let your community come along with the like sort of developmental ride and you have like this sine wave of hype where you get excited about the, ooh, the new thing and then you let them kind of wonder for a while but not four months and then the next thing comes out and you show a new face or a new mode or whatever it is 
and you give it to them in bits and pieces and you get them all hot and bothered and ready and prepped and then you drop it and then it's this huge thing and like that's the way to do it kind of now and capcom was just like here's the initial reveal and then nothing for four months was just the first in a long line of i don't know how to do this yet yeah uh, in this updated process yet we got six characters initially, and then you know, so the four months the, of nothing, and it's like you release, uh, you you unveil eight characters. How about putting two characters a month or something like that instead of having four months of nothing? And and Capcom's like, you know, so not only was it bad, you know, that they waited another four months to get to April, they said, hey. Let's do something really stupid and similar again. And they went a full month and a half later before they reveal another eight characters in June. Mm-hmm. They did it again. This is a game that's coming out in September. And they're going months at a time or like over a month at a time without doing anything with this. And I just couldn't believe it. I'm Maybe like, they what weren't the ready heck? to show the characters yet. <laughs> I mean, we're gonna talk about that but yeah um so but the, the but speaking of the characters that is one of the biggest selling points of this game it's the characters the marvel characters are huge the capcom characters are huge capcom is a big ip holder like this is a big deal for so many people and you know so we have an answer for why they did this they they did this and it's not a good one and so july rolls around and capcom pulls their heads out of their butts finally and if you still even remember that the game exists and is going to actually be a thing and going to be released, they start revealing one to four characters at a time, finally, right up until the point where the game is about to launch. They, they realize it in July and start going, okay, let's actually roll this out properly. This is one of the most ridiculously bad marketing fails I've ever seen in the fighting game community. I, I want to state that for clarity. Like, I, just the marketing person in charge of this, like, I honestly, at the time, I think Capcom lost a number of good people because of the company being just kind of ran through the the, the mud. Um, and I think they lost some of their good people who would normally handle the, all this kind of stuff. And they just cobbled together stuff last minute. We even talked about it in multiple uh, bits of our stories that, that like, we're like, here's a, a, just a, a torrent of new announcements all at once. Here's like 50 new screenshots. Here's eight new characters. If you guys can keep track of this, it got to the point where we were actually having to list in our stories everyone who had been revealed kind of all at once and like what they came at because it was so impossible even for us to keep track of it. Like if we do this for a living. We are paid to do this stuff. And we were having a tough time keeping up because like, well, who got announced and where and what's happening and, and what's getting leaked and what it it was ridiculous and, and i just uh, uh, i i i going through this was just aggravating to me but yeah. yeah and what could have been like a twitter campaign with every few weeks once a month first of the month 30th of the month whatever it is you know and then like oh here's someone new and here's a few of their combos what they look like and here's a tease for what might come next month right and it's just this yep. fun thing that goes at, a, at, a, at a, an acceptable pace that gets people excited reminds them to stay excited maintains the hype levels at a healthy place where they're not like oh it's coming out tomorrow like I, I need to feel like that but where they're 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 not forgetting about it and they're not thinking about it poorly right it's just always a good reminder a good feeling whenever you see this game coming up and it builds and it builds and it builds uh, it's just, I don't know I'm not a marketing guy at all but I, I feel like that just is is intuitive you know mm-hmm. when you with with what you have in front of you but it's it's hindsight's 2020 and again I'm not in their shoes but that seems like what I would do 
Easy. It was just a big. It was a big fail on their part, uh, and I, I think that anyone who's going to be honest with you at Capcom, uh, and probably who didn't work on this, you know, kind of thing, because if you worked on this, it's like you don't want to own that one. But if you didn't work on this and you saw someone else do it, you'd be like, yeah, that was really bad, and we're never going to do that again. And, and I mean, there's plenty of evidence of of no one else ever doing that again because we haven't seen the same kind of marketing fail failures ever since. Mm -hmm. You know, like um, even even with season four being what it was that was a three-month dead period there and we called capcom out up and down that was not a brand new game that was dlc that was other stuff and, and stuff this game did a four month and then a, a one and a half month period on a brand new game that was just about to come out mm -hmm. so the, it's a little apples and orangey but not entirely like it's still like a little oof. well but um Anyway, so so going back here, people kept expecting their favorite characters to show up, like the X-Men and the Fantastic Four. They're like, well, it's a Marvel game. Of course those characters are going to come out. And it wasn't even until the middle of August, a month before the game was released, that we broke the news that we knew the final roster of the game. It was going to be 30 characters. And let me clarify here. In August, Capcom had revealed 30 characters, and we still weren't sure if more were coming or not. And we were able to confirm via Capcom that this was indeed the launch roster of the game. The release schedule was so haphazard, some people just assumed we were reporting things incorrectly initially because Capcom wouldn't bungle a launch roster this poorly. There's no way that th this would be the final roster <laughs> and other things. But the story we had announcing that this was a final roster had over 300 comments on it and people, many people calling it the worst launch roster ever. And, and this was not an announcement story of like, you know, characters and other stuff. This was a story where we just said, hey, this is the final roster. We confirmed this with Capcom. This is what you're getting. Over 300 comments and most of them pissed off. We are hands down the biggest website in the fighting game community. And this is definitely a snapshot in time of how our readers felt back then. And people were pissed. Mm -hmm. They were pissed. So it, it's just... Oh man, John, do you remember like like looking at the launch roster of this game and, and do you remember kind of like what you felt about it? I just remember feeling like missed opportunities and the the number one thing that was coming up was that we weren't seeing some important Marvel and and very important Marvel versus Capcom staples, right? And that was the X-Men and the Fantastic 4 characters, Doctor Doom and such and um but it's like, well, I understand that there's probably red tape and that like how much of this can you really put on Capcom? That being said, it still was what it was and it still had the effect on people that it had. Uh, but that whole thing, the whole process, like I was getting at earlier with the, the way that the Marvel IP had so much momentum at the time, the way that in the fighting game community, the Marvel versus Capcom franchise had so much uh, momentum at the time. And, and I mean, it's one of the biggest ones. You got Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, Marvel versus Capcom, maybe not in the general community, but in the fighting game community, and especially in the North American, UMVC3, I think, was bigger than Street Fighter 4 in America for a little while. I remember going yep. to one of the early Evos yep. that I went to and being like, you know what I've been seeing? I'm wondering if Street Fighter 4 is not going to be the last game, if it's going to be Marvel. Now, it wasn't because in the rest of the world, Street Fighter 4, I think, still was the, the big top dog. But it was Marvel was a big thing, and then this was Huge. the the next Marvel that wasn't supposed to happen. It like there was so much just uh, innate like novelty and excitement about this, and and just natural momentum that I was like, this is, there's no way this can't work out. And then just 
day after day after every reveal or every update about the game, there was just something new that was distracting us away from focusing on the potential goods that were just there naturally, right? And instead of talking about all these things, instead of being excited, we're like, well, no X-Men and Chun-Li's face looks terrible. And like that's all we could talk about about the game. Yeah. So, John, let's go ahead and talk about functions. And yeah, that really bad quote was the company line. And I know from speaking to people at Capcom that they like their messaging from their people who spoke in interviews to be on the same page, quote unquote, on that one. Mm -hmm. A Capcom employee might disagree with a point of view the company held, but they wanted you to spit out the company's opinions on this stuff. One of the developers infamously said that if you just think of the characters as functions... Well, the rest is history there. Uh, around this time, Combo Fiend actually came up to us. We're, we're, we're good friends with Peter. Love Peter. He And he's freaking awesome. Uh, really, really, really good dude. Very smart guy. Very capable developer. Uh, but he told us he was going to stop doing interviews. And he would actually end up leaving Capcom about a month after Infinite came out. And he would later join Sony as a producer and work on the very kick-ass PlayStation 4 Spider-Man game. That decision, in hindsight probably worked out pretty well for him there. <laughs> well, and also, um, man, think about it. Like, I don't know that Disney and Marvel necessarily gave too much. I, I, heard, I hear that they didn't give too much, and this was mostly just a Capcom venture. So even though they had all this you know, this huge IP and all this potential, they really didn't have as much as it, it, as it appeared to most of us. But they were attached to the project. And there was already this negative momentum about it. Everyone was talking about this stuff. They needed to address it. And mm -hmm. it's like, what was what was Combo Fiend gonna say? He had to save face with freaking Disney. You know, yeah. it was like he was stuck between a rock and a Disney place, and that is not a place you want to be. Okay, so I, I will back up there and just kind of clarify on this one. Capcom and, and, and Marvel slash Disney, they negotiate. And Marvel runs somewhat independently of Disney, right? They're their own company. They're a very large company. They have their own people there. Yeah. Um, and so Capcom would tell Peter and Mike Evans and other people what to say. Mike Evans is a person who had the function quote. A lot of people attribute it to Combo Fiend uh, because he was very much you know the face and the voice of Capcom so much at that time. Um, but he did the functions thing. And, and so... <sighs> I don't think that Marvel probably would have came up with that messaging if they were aware of how big of a deal it was. Uh, I really think that messaging kind of came from Capcom. Sure, and, but and, they or maybe the pressures of knowing that yes. what they're doing here is directly tied. And if they screw up or if they put it in a negative light and or if it continues to grow and they don't manage this, you know, this, this fire that's already out there, they know who's like they're going to be answering to and they know how powerful they were. So uh, I don't I'm not saying that this necessarily came straight down from Marvel or from Disney but the the influence of their presence was certainly there and and if you put yourself into this position it's like man I don't know how to how to try to make the best of this and tell fans they're getting what they want uh, I'm not saying it was the right thing to say it was just one of the few things that you could even think to say at the time and uh ugh, but it really bit him yeah, um, I have it here on, on good authority, uh, speaking with one of my, my Capcom contacts, that this game originally started off as Capcom All-Stars, Capcom versus Capcom. Mm. And Capcom was able to get the, um, the the Marvel agreement and other stuff and basically kind of like add in some characters and do some things kind of like a little bit late in the process. 
and that was one of the reasons how come the character, the visuals and other stuff looks so mismatched and we got Chun-Li's face and a bunch of other things. You adjust, you know, the textures and the shaders enough, like you can get stuff looking pretty good pretty quickly, but you end up with some anomalies that you aren't always able to fix very easily. Um, I've seen like, you know, with Ken's face in Street Fighter V, if you adjust the shaders and other things a bit, it does not look that bad. Hmm. But you have the wrong, wrong lighting, wrong approach, and it starts to look really weird. Um, I, I and, really do want to also, I want to, you know, see what the overlap is here with Street Fighter V and do the comparisons, right? Because that's what this whole thing is 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 going to be about. Like, does, does Street Fighter V have its uh, crappy or not so crappy buildup, you know, and, and, and developmental process? So, but yeah. Yeah, so if you go from more of a, a comic book look to more of a um, realistic look, you're going to have a bunch of artifacts and problems with it. You can even see this with people implementing, I think it was Marvel Infinite, where they, they did more of the comic book look on the game, put shaders on there that looked like that. It looked mm-hmm. really good. It was cool. But I'm sure that it would have been all sorts of artifacts and other things that, you know, maybe Ryu's face got jacked up in that process, right? And going back and fixing that, it's not always a cheap prospect. And especially if the game is on a lower budget and other things like that, it's there's a lot of factors in here. Uh, the game ended up being far uglier than it should have been. But reviews at the time, they more highlighted that the game didn't look that bad, but there were just kind of moments in time and certain characters that look terrible you know mm-hmm. like there were just certain things that and so reviewers like from big websites and stuff like that didn't have a huge issue with the visuals but the community definitely made a big deal about it um and that definitely hurt it as well and a lot of them um, were before the game even dropped right it wasn't it it wasn't at e3 2017 where we saw the infamous chun and, and dante faces and such Something like that, and Spencer looking like an alien, and all this other kind of stuff, and it just—it was awful. It was in—it was in development. It was just like so much of this was the relationship that the company had with its with its audience, and and just how how that just rubbed the wrong way to the point where it it moved into this kind of arena where it, it was able to affect or or even outweigh or trump things like good gameplay and 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 a lot of the things that marvel versus capcom infinite had going for it legitimately all of the natural momentum all of the wins that it actually did have it was just it was all overshadowed by this terribly this bad getting worse relationship so infinite would later be added as a special part of the capcom pro tour and the finals were actually played at capcom cup in december of that year you know december 2017 but the game would never make it to an Evo and it wouldn't see a second year on the CPT. We've heard from multiple sources now that Capcom wanted to keep support of the game going, but that Marvel had blocked them. Capcom probably could have forced the issue here, uh, but throughout their history, they've always done as Marvel has requested when it came to big decisions on pulling support for a game. And this was another case where they did so. Not having much esports support for a game in 2017 was too much for the community. Uh, and the bad press surrounding all the stuff we just talked about pretty much killed it before it even had a chance to take hold. John, you just talked about a game being kind of like having a whatever presence at Evo or not being on the Pro Tour, other things like that, killing momentum as a competitive player. Mm-hmm. Well, that happened with a lot of people. Yeah. And to this point, I'm pretty sure at this day and time, Marvel vs. Capcom 3 is actually a more popular esports game than Infinite. It's that bad. So, one thing that, that Street Fighter Cross Tekken had going for it in its favor, uh, for why it didn't do as well, is that it was released in an era where fighting games weren't seeing the biggest resurgence they've ever seen before. That was not the case with Infinite. Infinite was released after Street Fighter V, Tekken 7, and Injustice 2, among other titles. 
all games that performed way better than it did. And I bring up all this stuff, and Street Fighter V's launch doesn't seem so bad anymore. It's not great for damn sure. But you look at some of the ridiculous problems that both Cross Tekken and Marvel Infinite had, and you start to see that why they, they died. But, but just circling back here real quick to, to finish up on Infinite, this was pretty much a mercy kill on Marvel's part. Again, Capcom had full intentions of keeping on uh, supporting the game, but Marvel told them to pull the plug on various aspects of the title, and Capcom obliged to salvage their relationship. At least, that is what I've heard from multiple sources now. It's not like, you know, I heard it from one or two people, I've heard it from a lot of people. So, <laughs> there's more here, there, uh, but, but man, like you start to see why these games fell apart. So so are, are you kind of getting at that you do think it was mainly in the initial, well, I guess the lead up, the launch, so the window around launch before and after where the significant, like there, there's enough significance between uh, or difference between um, Street Fighter V's botched launch and these games botched launch that it was indeed the botched launches that ultimately killed them and there was something about Street Fighter V's that didn't. Yes, and I can put a bit of more of a bow on that, but, but just to back up here, if you're Marvel and you have all these big movies and other stuff coming out and they make your characters look bad, they, they put them in a bad game and other stuff, are you going to want to keep marketing that? Are you going to want to keep that kind of public image of, of your company going out there um, when you have better products that are doing you know, that are coming down the pipeline and stuff like no. you don't you don't want to continue to push money and resources into something uh, that harms your perception as a company. You can kind of let it leave. You don't have to kill, you know, let it, let it live, I should say. But you don't have to you don't have to kill everything about it. But you're probably not going to want to dump a bunch of time and resources more into that uh, and, and give a company kind of free reign when they screwed up the launch, you know, or screwed up how your characters look and other things. It's just. Mm -hmm. Well, and good. another big thing about Marvel, I've, I've mentioned a couple of times that it's had natural momentum because it's tied, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, because it's tied to these massive, important characters that everybody and their mother is, you know, like getting Happy Meal toys from and, and going to the store specifically to get that stuff and going to the movies to see these movies and, and whatnot. Well, here's the thing, though. It, it came out in September of 2017, and then the big uh, Avengers Infinity War mo movie came out in the, like, you know, the summer blockbuster time of the following year. So it was like six or a little more than six months out. Evo was a little bit later as well. It's kind of just an unfortunate thing here, but I, it's almost as though they released a little bit before they could have caught on to that um, even higher hype window for like when you're actually getting close to the release of this mega summer blockbuster movie, like biggest movie of all time potential sort of a thing. And um, and then also it, well, what I'm getting at is it had enough time to fail and it had enough time for people to not like it and so it kind of missed out on some other little extra bonus boosts that it could have i think had yeah. if it were a little bit later and that might just be unfortunate it might just be that you know for i don't know what what the confines on schedule were but i imagine if it came out alongside uh, or, or closer to Infinity War, then one, more casuals would have bought it and it would have been a bigger deal there. And then two, it might not have had enough time to dissolve and become the, the you know, ultimately in the FGC, the failure that it was for it not to make Evo. Because you know Infinite was a shoe-in for Evo and there a lot had to happen. It was the first time Evo had didn't have a, a Marvel versus Capcom game in what was like 13 years. Uh, and the, the new one wasn't going to be there. Like a lot of negativity had to happen and a lot of weights had to be put on a certain side of the scale in order to make that happen. Right. Mm -hmm. And so 
I also think that there's a it's something to be said about the timing and the release of the game and when it happened. Yeah, and I, it's, it goes back to, to delaying the launch. And we just heard, you know, more stuff about this with Street Fighter Six. They're delaying it a full year. It's why we got Season 5 of Street Fighter Five. Um, it, it is... Ryozo Sujimoto will delay stuff to get it shipped out there. And he runs the fighting game division at Capcom now. Uh, and... Ono very clearly, and it's, he's not the only person at Capcom, but very clearly was unwilling to delay uh, games past their, you know much of their release window. It, it's like, and just he would he was very willing to ship games half complete, you know. And, and we saw this time after time under his watch. He was the main runner of the fighting game division for those years. And, and sorry, but when you are the head of a division, you take a lot of the blame for that. I'm not saying he was the only one, but he is, you know. That and that's just what it was. Uh, so I am actually very happy to hear that Street Fighter Six got delayed. If if you are getting bad feedback on it and people don't like it, you delay that crap and you get it done right. And you don't have the, these half-assed, uh, incomplete games because we've seen what happens year after year when the when this goes down. It's just it's not good. Oh, we've learned our lesson with that, man. I mean, and we we probably unlearn it if uh, if enough time goes by without an incident like this. But in the recent times of, you know, Cross Tekken, Infinite, Street Fighter. Fighter Five, uh, we know that. Hey, take your time, finish your game, uh, because the 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 problems are going to run long into the future, and it um, might sink your ship completely. You know, two out of three times it did there. So, uh, but I, I really do want to specifically focus in on, uh, you know, like so we have we've we've talked a lot about the Marvel uh, uh, pre-launch build-up or <laughs> the opposite of such. What was it like for Street Fighter V? To me, I think they were releasing characters like like I was saying. You kind of want to with like getting you know here's the Zangief trailer, here's the Dalsim trailer, here's you know whomever, and and slowly but surely build up to it, get excited for it. It felt like things were going kind of okay. Uh, for a lot of the buildup, and it was really the first time I remember having much issue was when the betas didn't work. And even then, it's mm-hmm. like, well, but but they're betas. I mean, it they're sucks betas. that they don't work at all. But that that was the first time I really remember people kind of poo-pooing on Street Fighter V. And then that you know the game came out, and it wasn't. It was like twenty percent of a game is what it felt like. Uh, and then there's a lot of issues there, and and everything else that we've talked about many times here. So I don't think that the buildup was necessarily all that bad. At least I don't recall it being so. It was more of like right at launch, and then post launch is when things really seemed to fall apart for Street Fighter Five. Yeah, Do you and agree? even then, yeah, and, and even then, a lot of the reviews. First Street Fighter said so the, the game's not complete, but we know more is coming, mm-hmm. right? People were a little bit more accepting of, especially knowing that the the story mode was going to come for free. I think Capcom had announced it at that point, and they were giving away like Alex for free, and uh, you know they were they were going to try to do some things to offset that. They realized they kind of botched the launch, uh, but with Street Fighter Cross Tech, it's like, oh no, you have to pay for the stuff you already have on your disc, you know, kind of thing. Or uh, no, like you've got to pay for these other DLC characters, like if you want your you know X Men or Fantastic Four or are those even ever coming? You know, kind of thing like you you got functions, dude. You're good. Like, don't worry about that. Like the messaging was very different for Street Fighter Five. I'm not going to say it was great, but it was very different. Yeah. Um, so I want to bring this home real quick. Okay. Street Fighter Five survived because it didn't have Marvel doing a mercy kill on it. It was fully and totally owned by Capcom, and they needed a new game to be their flagship esports title. In a way, 
you could say Street Fighter V was too big to fail. Street Fighter Cross Tekken was released in a different period for fighting games where both Street Fighter IV and Ultimate Marvel 3 were still going strong. Despite its problems, which we already listed, Capcom had other options. Marvel 3 was doing well when it came out. Ultimate Marvel 3 was just released four months prior to Street Fighter Cross Tekken's release date. So like a lot of things in life, in business, it's rarely just one thing that knocks something out. There's a multitude of mistakes that are made. Capcom didn't need Street Fighter Cross Tekken to succeed. They had a bunch of other games that could pick up the slack. If Street Fighter V was released at a different time or did a few other things wrong, it could have been a very different story. Capcom was able to prop the game up in other ways that they were either not able or not willing to do for Street Fighter Cross Tekken or Marvel Infinite, and so those games had a very different fate. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. We just let the the listeners know we didn't talk about uh, our our just kind of general notes about this too thoroughly, especially not you know this far into um, into our thoughts. I that the phrase "too big to fail" came up in my own sort of research and understandings of this, and like how I wanted to go about sort of dissecting all of these things, and um, that kept coming up, and I, I was sort of holding it at arm's length because I'm like I'm not so sure. And uh, one of the things for Street or for Marvel Infinite was like, well, I, I think it is too big to fail, especially in the FGC for the reasons I, I brought up it before. It's it's got these super important Marvel characters, and in the FGC, Marvel vs. Capcom. Uh, is a is a massive franchise and yet it failed uh, cross Tekken well I mean you got Tekken and you got Street Fighter they're they're really big things but it's like yeah well but 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 it failed um, and then Street Fighter 5 yes that was gonna be the one where I'm like well is it is it bigger than both of those things maybe maybe it was too big to fail um, and and where you approached here you kind of did it from the developers point of view and that's a hundred percent a significant portion of what goes into this I was approaching it more from the players and the consumers point of view and what I sort of kind of came to like the the conclusion and the thread that runs through all of it that I feel works for me in in coming up with an answer for why Street Fighter 5 with all of its issues a lot of similar issues not the exact same ones but a lot of similar issues didn't fall off and didn't go below water um, has a lot to do with timing and it has a lot to do with what you were saying too. But um, remember when I was talking about Cross Tekken and why I as a player was able to simply kind of move on from it, I just went back to Street Fighter 4, which was 100% available, going hot, it was bigger, it was the main game, it was extremely similar, it was using the same assets a lot of the times, right? Um, and so I could just fall back on that and I was completely happy to go there. And I think that's the story for a lot of people as well. Now, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, it's a really big thing, man. But it, and, and I'm not, the, the dates get a little bit hazy here. I think that the Chun-Li face was revealed at E3. I also think uh, Dragon Ball Fighters was revealed at E3. Uh, it was at least around the same time. And so while things were hitting the fan for Marvel vs. Capcom, a 3v3 crazy chaotic huge ip comes out a game that people have wanted in this sort of capacity for forever comes out and you gotta think a lot of the people that wanted to get you know their their marvel versus capcom-esque experience were happy to go over to dragon ball fighters which was coming up at the same perfect timing and it checked that box for a lot of players and so Street Fighter V comes out in 2016, though. Was there anything just to, else? Just to jump in, 
five million sales currently for Dragon Ball Fighters. Just if people are wondering, like how well and how popular this game has been, mm-hmm. five million. So, so when it's Street Fighter Cross Tekken, you've got you've got a full going at the time was it Tekken Tag Tournament two Tekken game that you can the Tekken fans if they don't like that if there's any issue here hey I can always go back to that Street Fighter like Street Fighter four was like the biggest thing ever at the time uh, hey Street Fighter fans you can always fall back to that and hey you Marvel versus Capcom people I don't want to say that these games are just functions of each other and that you can do the exact same thing <laughs> I would not go that far but for a lot of people going over to Dragon Ball Fighters checked enough boxes that if it had to be one or the other it was just going to be fighters and that game is continuing to do really well even today so i what where i kind of uh, decided to jump off of this particular bus was on the the stop that says there were opportunities to go to other games and to check these boxes for uh, in the cases of cross tech and, and infinite and that's not so much the case for five now, that's not a conclusive everything. You, know, you see what happened with uh, Super Smash Bros. Brawl and the entire community just said, nope, we're going back to the old game. We're just all going back to Melee. You know, apples to oranges in some ways, in some ways not. But I think that that's, um, if I had a so what for all of this, that would definitely be a big part of it. Yep. Fighting game players have options that we've never had before with the viability of how these games work online, with the DLC and other kind of stuff. You have great choices. It's We really are living, in my opinion, the golden era of fighting games. It's you know We've discussed that before, and I'm so glad you brought up Dragon Ball Fighters because a lot of people forget that that was like, here's everything you kind of wanted for Marvel Infinite, but you're getting it in Dragon Ball, which is its own gigantic IP. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. huge stuff. So, so if you're if you're like, why did Street Fighter Five make it when these other guys didn't, and they were all equally pretty huge, pretty big potential there, a lot of similar mistakes. That's the the difference that I find to be perhaps most significant. There it is. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for listening to this week of the Event Hubs podcast, and we'll be back with you soon. See you guys. Thank you very much. Like, comment, subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. Okay, bye. Perfect.